Are you curious about a spiritually transformative experience, STE, and what that means? That's what we're going to be talking about on today's podcast. Our conversation went all over the universe as we talked about star seeds, ancient aliens, ancient apocalypse, which is a series on Netflix, pyramids spotted in Antarctica, mediumship, and so much more. Stay tuned. It's a good one. This is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love, and Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. In this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Julia Marie. She is an insightful, dedicated spiritual teacher and mentor with over 33 years experience. As host of the popular podcast, Evolving Humans, her mission is to help sensitive women and men as they take the next step in unlocking their intuitive potential. Julia is a gifted trans-dimensional healer, intuitive, and medium. Learn more about Julia at juliamarie.us. Welcome, Julia Marie. Well, you know, you and I have had one conversation already, and now here I am getting the chance to be a guest on Ronnie Ryan's podcast. So here's the question. This is the focus of our time together today, although we may veer off into some other little known areas. What we really want to know about is STE, Spiritually Transformative Experiences. I'm not sure I've heard about it. Tell me, what is that about? My awakening when it happened 35 years ago didn't have a name. And then when I heard about spiritually transformative experiences, I go, that's what happened to me. So a spiritually transformative experience can be pretty much anything. By definition, it's any experience that causes a person to perceive themselves and the world profoundly differently. It doesn't have to be a spiritual awakening. It could be as simple as grief and loss often leads to spiritually transformative experiences. It could be something that maybe you're, you have a spiritual emergency or visions, out-of-body experiences. Spiritual experiences also come in the form of when we do past lives. That changes how we view the world Therefore, it qualifies for a spiritually transformative experience. You could also put NDEs, which is near-death experience, in that same category. I like to say, at least I didn't have to almost die in order to be awakened. That is rather nice, Julia. Yes. Yes. (laughs) I agree. Now I want to get specific and tell me, so what was your awakening 35 years ago? At the time of my awakening, I was a single mom, a military service, just finished going to law school at night. My plan for my life was to be a family law attorney, pass the bar and everything. I had a clear plan for my life laid out from, you know, where I was all the way to my grave, but uh, spirit had other plans. And I literally had what I call spontaneous activation of healing ability. But at the time, I didn't realize that. My hands turned on, they got really hot, and I probably experienced what would also be called a kundalini awakening. 
because I had round red circles that appeared on my body. They were about the size of a 50 cent piece where all the main chakras were. Now, this is someone who my spiritual reading was Ruth Montgomery and Edgar Casey. That was the extent of my spiritual background at this point. And now I'm getting these circles. I'm getting a stripe of fire up my back that was about two inches wide that would rise up and go down until it reached my head broke blood vessels in my face and I thought my ears were going to fly off. So that's extreme. Yeah. I'll say. But it happened over a period of months. It wasn't just one time. So invisible people showed up in my living room and started teaching me things. And that's how it all started for me. So, um, okay. When invisible people showed up, you couldn't see them because they were invisible. So that's how correct. did you know they were there? Did you hear them or what was it about? I felt them and it was like a story playing in my mind's eye. So I probably spiritually saw them too. Mostly I felt them. What were you thinking when you saw those 50 cent piece red dots on your body? And it was heat. At first I thought, well, I thought if this is menopause, this is ridiculous. I'm in my mid thirties. So what? a little early. That's what I thought. There's no medical reason for what's happening to me. There's no, I had no understanding. The physical part didn't bother me. It was the people telling me things and I'm having a conversation with these invisible people. That's what kind of made me think maybe I'm going off the deep end. Mm. Well, what bit. were they telling you? They weren't telling you to invest in land, swamp land in Florida. No, they told me I was here to facilitate the growth of many on this planet, in this plane, in this lifetime, and that it would be information passed from them through me to these people that the facilitation would take place. So I'm getting very clear messages. So I'm being a dutiful scribe and writing it all down. And I'm using my legal training to challenge these beings. <laughs> oh, that must have been fun for them. It was. <laughs> Everything they said to me, I tested it. So I didn't just roll over, but I also was concerned about my mental health. Everything was logically consistent and built one thing upon the other. Now, turns out what they gave me were what are called perennial wisdoms. I didn't know that till I started looking them up in the books, but as above, so below. And they would show me pictures of how the universe works, like mirrors back and forth. and balance in all things and intent is everything. So they would give me these pronouncements and then I would just kind of thoughts would come to me, but it was like an education. It lasted for about 18 months. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I can tell you my little experience pales dramatically <laughs> in comparison. <laughs> can that you see why like... I thought I was going crazy though? Yeah. Yeah, well, honestly, it's so interesting because I talk to people who have these really powerful, strong relationships with their guides and their guides specifically give them instructions on what to do. And I guess in this lifetime, for me, I'm here to figure it out. Do I get nudges and see things and do I use my intuition or whatever? Yeah, but I get no instructions. Let me just tell you, Zippo, and I don't <laughs> care if they're listening, good. You know, if you're listening and you think, we give you instructions, I'm going to say, no, no, you don't. I don't get to hear it anyway. Not like that. I mean, I do get information. Sometimes I certainly hear, I've heard things, but nothing that needs scribing. <laughs> well, you know, now let's I be clear. Those original principles were the guidelines by which they wanted me to live my life. 
So they just oh, gave okay. me, here's your little handbook, here's your checklist. And then pretty much it was, Zzz. so oh, I wouldn't okay. say these were my guides either. I would say they were teachers. Then yeah. they went away after they gave me the principles. They pretty much oh, they left me on my own. Yeah, it's just, here's the way to live your life. I don't get a, okay, have oatmeal for breakfast and... Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. no. No. <laughs> I just want I to be clear not. here. I would no. hope not. That would be like torture yeah. to have that much instruction. That reminds me. Just heard about this guy on another podcast, Vincent Todd Tolman, The Light After Death, My Journey to Heaven and Back is his book. Oh, and cool. he was dead for an hour. Wow. Dead. He was zipped up in the body bag. Dang. Can you imagine? And no. they took him away in the ambulance. And they have to go to the hospital, but they weren't in a hurry because he was dead. Sure. There were three paramedics and one of them was brand new. It was his first week. And he was so disturbed that on his first week, he lost somebody already, even though mm -hmm. he, there was nothing he can do. Somehow there was the new guy just kept hearing the message that he's not dead. So he decided to use the defib and oh, paddled wow. him. And after three times, he, came he back. brought him back to life. So then he was in a coma for three days. I mean, what a miracle is that? No kidding. So, and while he was in a coma, he went to heaven and he learned 10 things. This is why I'm bringing it up. Oh, boy. So there are things to live by. Like the first one is be authentic. And then there, love everyone. And then avoid negative influences and release prejudice. So they're kind of like platitudes. You yeah, know? that sounds so, very familiar. Very similar. I have to say I'm enthralled with this, but let me get back to you because I'm not interviewing him today. So do you work with people who are having these experiences or, you know, why is this something that you like to talk about? Number one, I want people to know that the extreme experience that I had does not necessarily have to be their experience. You can seek transformative experiences through meditation or yoga or drumming or anything that will put you in an altered state opens you up to that awareness. And that's literally all a, an STE is. It's something that blows your mind open. Yes, you can take a trip and drugs and all of that, but it doesn't have to be that. When it happens spontaneously, like it did in my case, it can be a scary thing. And so for those people, I want them to know, number one, it's real. Number two, you can survive. When all of this happened for me, I didn't have anybody to ask. I was floundering around on my own. There weren't a bunch of books out there on this. The one time I did reach out for help, I didn't get any. I just want people to know that I get it. I understand. And just to be available to them so they know they're not alone. That's really helpful because what happened to me was the first time I started to meditate, I had this massive force of energy try to come into my head. Uh -huh. It was a lot of very royal purple light and my heart was pounding and the force was really pushing on my head. Mm -hmm. And I was like so freaked out. And I asked everybody, everyone I met in the spiritual world, I started taking classes. I asked every teacher and I can tell you right now, nobody had an answer. Wow. Except for the reason I meditated was because I went to a, the psychic fair and a psychic said to me and I took her card. Oh, you should try meditating. Okay. So I tried. <laughs> and so I called her the next day and she goes, it wasn't dark purple, was it? And I said, why? Yeah, it was dark purple. Oh, I can't talk to you right now. Like she was afraid of the dark purple. Years later, somebody told me that they thought that was my crown opening because I had so many lives where I've been doing this yeah. that the minute I tried, they just, you know, whoever mm -hmm. the powers that be, my guys, angels, whoever's around me went, let's just open this up now. Wow. 
But I had somebody else tell me, oh, that's because you had bad spirits trying to get in. And I'm like, no. that just sounds like malarkey. No. I believe the crown chakras more than the bad spirit thing, because that just felt really weird to me. Well, and I'll offer you that because you described it as a pressure coming towards you. Are you familiar with St. Germain at all? Oh, I am now. Yeah. And it was purple. Yes. Because it kind of feels like it was St. Germain. Just oh, want to say. Look at that. Yeah. The, for the violent oh, she, of healing. She's reaching out. I will answer. <laughs> Get scared. Thank you for yeah. making that connection. You know, yeah. and this happened 1990 and... <laughs> That's right around the time I got woke up. Same 1989 into 1990, same time frame. Tell me um, how you work with people. I do a couple of things. One, I do offer guidance. So I'm a reader. I'm also, I'm a certified medium for whatever word certified means. So I also do communication <laughs> specifically designed to connect with people's loved ones on the other side. So I teach intuitive development and mediumship primarily and other little wow. ancillary courses like that and attune people to the healing energy that they spontaneously activated in me, I'm now plugging other people into. So it's, yeah. that's an interesting ride. And then of course, yeah. there's my podcast, Evolving Humans. So yes, let's talk about mediumship for a minute. I did take a mediumship class with Suzanne yes. Giesman, which was interesting. And then we had a little practice group. Sure. You know, there were some people who were very new to the whole process. And then there were some people who had been dabbling there, you know, and then there was me who every once in a while, and this started happening years and years ago, somebody's grandmother would show up. Like I, sure. if, when I was working at a psychic fair, I'd say, you know, there's a woman here. She's very little. I could describe her or whatever. I'm like, I don't know. Do you know that person? We didn't have any mediums. Exactly. Yeah. So, so I wasn't very disciplined about it and I hadn't taken any classes. Now I'm taking this class. And I was cracking up because, you know, there's all kinds of people out there. But what would happen would be when I learned Italian, I had, you know, I took Spanish in high school. Mm -hmm. So when I learned Italian, sometimes the Spanish came out, even though my attention was Italian. And so when I was trying to do mediumship, sometimes a psychic would kick in. So I would get messages. And this woman was like, you're cheating. You're using your intuitive ability. I'm like, that's cheating. Okay, I'm all about useful. So you tell me what you think. I don't really care. I think it's cool. But like she said, oh, do you have a um, a smiley mug in your house? Now, that's very specific. And so she was talking to somebody to give evidence who talked about the smiley cup on my husband's desk. Okay, that, that was a detail that did, in fact, blow me away. Mm -hmm. But really, who cares? Because what does that mean? What does that do for me? Like, I don't Personally, I don't need any proof. I know what's well, up. But it offers you it offers you the sitter, uh, I don't like the word evidence because I used to be a lawyer. I just say, I asked the spirit, I asked the communicator, whoever is on the other side, right. to tell me about themselves, to show me themselves as they were in life so that the person who's listening can identify them. Sometimes right. they'll talk about the sippy cup or the smiley cup. Right. Most of the times they're showing themselves as they were, their personality, what sure. they liked. Yeah. So you know, it's, I, I yeah. understand. I understand. But for me, that's for people who need proof. Well, as a skeptic, and I am right. still, I always want to be sure I'm not pulling from their auric field. I always want to be sure I'm getting it oh. direct from the communicator. Okay. So the spirits know they got to tell me stuff about themselves that their person can identify. And through a communication process, 
if I start feeling like, well, I don't know if this message is me or intuition, the communicator will give me something else about themselves in the middle of it that I get an immediate yes from my recipient. That keeps me on track because for me, in order to do a mediumistic communication, you have to pass through your intuitive layer to get there to make that direct connection. Now, can you also get information about a communicator without going mediumistic? Yes, you're probably pulling it out of the person's energy field. And is that then technically mediumship? Well, in the same way that I would say a message from a person's guides is not mediumship. For me, it's strictly crossed over loved ones. So how I looked at it was I was getting messages. So I can't tell you where it came from. You could say it came from her auric field. So does that, are you saying that her loved ones were putting the message into her field and then I was pulling it out of there? Possible. Who knows? I Who wouldn't knows? know exactly. with, without, <laughs> without observing what you were doing. I couldn't tell you. Right. Well, that's why I just had to laugh because she was like, you're cheating. And I'm thinking, no, you're not. Well, this is what I'm saying. It, to me, it was absurd. No, you're not <laughs> cheating. Okay. I, I was very happy to be done with the whole thing, to be honest with you. Probably just her. She's competitive. And she was really good at pulling in the evidence, which is fine, you know, but for me, I felt like that's nice to know. And it's very comforting to people who need evidence. Exactly. But and it did. It just depends on how you as a medium want to work. Right. Okay. So That's everybody's why I... unique. Yep. I don't tell people you have to do it this way or not. Right. I just say that if you're going to offer it to the public, maybe be, be aware of how it feels when it's coming direct from the communicator and how it feels when it's coming from the field, because they do feel different. They're different frequencies. And you're I... sensitive enough to be able to tell that. Oh, well, thank you. I just thought, I'm just going to leave mediumship alone. And so I just say, and sometimes your ancestors will show up and I just leave it at that. That's <laughs> a pretty smart way to do it. There you, I like that. that way, I don't have to get into any tussles with anyone yep. about That's what perfect. I'm actually doing or whatever, because perfect. I just trust the information. But anyway, given what we were just talking about in mediumship, what I'm hearing you say is that it's real. Since you can tell the difference between the energy of whether you're doing a psychic thing where you're pulling information from somebody's aura, or you're speaking directly to a loved one who has passed, or you're speaking to their guides or their angels or whatever, and it all feels different, that is in a way more evidence that this is real. It's not like woo-woo, it's real. That's the reason why I ask the communicators to provide me with things that are validating for the person that's sitting in front of me. I'm hearing the pink shirt story, so I'll just tell you this one. Here's what I know. The communicators will often influence me without me really being aware because they know they're not supposed to get in my face until I'm sitting down because I don't want, no pun intended, respectfully said, I don't want dead people following me around all day. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. So they know to wait until just prior, right? So I'm getting ready for an appointment and I had on a specific and I had just moved into this house. So a lot of my stuff was still in boxes. Also an important point here. I had a certain thing that I was wearing. It was probably blue or something like that. And I was all the way downstairs getting ready to go. And it was like, no, I have to change my shirt. So I went back upstairs, had to rummage in a box that wasn't unpacked yet because I don't have a lot of pink tops. It's not a color that looks good on my skin, so I don't wear a lot of pink. 
And I had to pull out this kind of a rose pink colored shirt and put it on and then go back downstairs. Now, I do have spirit beings that will from time to time say, no, you need to wear that. Like I'm drawn to certain frequencies when I do shows, they'll have me, I'll be wearing a certain color. I'm just drawn to it. And so that's what I thought was going on. So I sat down for my appointment and I started this reading and it was for a mother who'd lost her adult son. And I made an offhand comment that sometimes before the actual appointment, things happen or I get thoughts in my head that I've now learned to recognize as the leading edge of the connection with their loved one. Okay, like the, yeah. like it, it's coming into focus. I said to her, you know, and I would probably imagine that somewhere this pink shirt I'm wearing probably has something to do with our communication today. She smiled and I said, but don't tell me anything now. I want to get the, so we did the whole communication. And then at the end, I had forgotten about it because now I'm in an altered state, right? Sure. And she said, so do you want to know about the pink shirt? And I said, yes, because I literally had to go upstairs and change and come back down again. And she said that was my son's favorite color. Oh my gosh. Now, isn't that interesting? Because he was a male, an adult male, but he loved to wear pink. That's funny. See, that's what I mean when I'm saying that's a validatable piece of evidence that to me has meaning. Yeah. So that's what I, so, and it also is proof it's real. He's still around. He's obviously still able to influence things. That mother is now writing a book with her son, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah. What's interesting is it shows you that fear shows up before the reading sometimes, which I've heard that before as well. Mm -hmm. And Suzanne Geisman talked about that. Here's another place where you and I had overlap that I found fascinating that sort of makes you think, oh, there's a lot of this stuff that seems woo-woo, but it's real. We were talking about the Akashic Records, and so I do past life readings, and you do too, and I go into the Akashic Records library, I just tap into the energy of the Akashic Records, Mm -hmm. and you had asked me this question about, do you do any healing? And so while I was in there, I stumbled over a healing temple, taking a lot of people. After I do the past life work with them, I'm like, let's go in the healing temple and release all this so you can heal from it, and so that's what we do. I was doing your podcast, we were talking about that, and you asked me that question, I said yes, and we decided described it like a stone, large, empty cathedral with a rotunda, yep. like it's a big open round hole in the middle. That's right. Yep. Right. And then what did you say? That there's a temple. I call it the imaginal realm. There's a temple in the imaginal realm where I take people for specific purposes, one of which is healing. And it's a large white stone building with a rotunda that's open. And when I look up, I, I feel like it has crystal like kind of absolutely clear but when i look up i can see the stars and the universe through it so i thought oh that sounds like the same place must be real i'm getting chills again all over again talking about this because that just was shocking to me because Mm -hmm. i've talked to so many people about the akashic records and no one has ever said anything like that and when you asked me i was even hesitant about telling you about my little secret (laughs) about having found not so secret ronnie (laughs) (laughs) and then come to find out you've been there we should go and have a party let's invite everybody who uses that that would be really cool that would be cool i love talking about things like that where In a way, some of these things can have domino effect. Like you and I just talked about the Akashic Records and then tomorrow something will come up about the Akashic Records. And then a couple of days later, the Healing Temple thing will come up and that all the synchronicities start to build. I don't know why. I just think that's so fun. And for me, 
That's what I call magic. And that is why my motto is I live in the magic. I live in the magic because I just want to attract all those synchronicities and have things line up as much as possible. I'm not quite as poetic with it. I just say everything's frequency. And when your frequency aligns with those particular experiences, that's when you have more of them. I would say look for the magic because that's where that's where the synchronicities live in the in that vibrational band. So we can all have magic anytime. And the magic is real. That's kind of what we're talking about here today. There's a guy named Dean Rabin. Have you heard of him? Yes. Yep. So he wrote the book Real Magic, right? Yeah. He did a lot of proving of remote viewing and all kinds of things. He did all yep. these scientific experiments, but also went through tons of other people's scientific experiments that proved things and then pulled them all together to make this book about how he proved that all this stuff was real. Yeah. More real than the chair you're sitting on. Unbelievable. Yeah. Do you ever watch Ancient Aliens on the History Channel? Of course. <laughs> so what a shocker. I'm not really into aliens in terms of, I'm afraid of talking about the grays and then this and that. I, there's only so much I really want to know. But when it sure. comes to archaeology, I, since I was 10 mm -hmm. years old, I've been interested in, started with Egypt, but I've just loved ancient history. And so when yep. they talk about, and they show the comparison of not only the structures and the buildings, but the myth, and they identify how... So many of the gods look like they were wearing outer space apparatus. Yep. It just blows you away when you look at it from today's eyes and the technology, which all of that is possible because of Google Maps and being able to see things. Yes. Because how close we are now that things aren't hidden anymore. Like I saw the two kilometer square pyramids that are on the Antarctica, yep. which they now Google Maps, I guess, or the Google Street View, whatever has blurred them out but so <laughs> can't I, imagine why they'd want to do that yeah what a thing so then i watched the series called ancient apocalypse which yes. kind of is noah's ark in a way because it talked about some meteors hitting the earth which made it change on axis because they've done enough work biologically in antarctica to know that it was tropical at one time yep but that was so many years ago and so ancient apocalypse builds on the ancient alien stuff but in a very storyteller way yeah. where Gra graham goes. hancock's work yeah yep. and i guess the archaeologists hate him because he's not a real archaeologist so he's a journalist he's, he's a, a fact finder there's a place in Ohio that wouldn't let him in, even though it's a- That's correct. Park. Serpent Mound. And it's a yep. state park. How can you that's keep- right. He should have snuck in there and not told him. He did this whole series that's on Netflix. It was fascinating. Then I was listening to, there's some guy, Next Soul Level is the name of the podcast. Next Level Soul. Thank you so much. So I anyway, must be psychic. You must be, Julia. <laughs> so he interviewed Greg, who knew about that series and knew a lot of other stuff that's all very similar. Greg Braden. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. And then he talked about how the archaeologists are beseeching Netflix to recategorize from science, ancient apocalypse. They want them to move it to science fiction. Like, what is wrong with you people? Why are you so steadfast in being right when you're no longer right? There is history that has been proven that is older than the Bible says. 5,700 well, years. Clearly, there was human civilization 12,000 years ago when Atlantis... Hundreds of thousands. Hundreds years. of thousands. There's been yeah. waves of humanoids yeah. over and That's over. That's correct. 
And it's just so funny to think like every archaeologist cannot be clinging to their religious. Well, you know, here's a thought for you. Yeah. It says Garden of Eden in the Bible, right? Yeah. Well, this planet is a garden and it was seeded from somewhere else. I'll oh, yeah. Roll that around. So yeah. none of us are from here is my point. <laughs> okay, fair enough. And that's what they say that evolution is absolutely not true. Yep. Because we were seeded and Earth was seeded because the plant matter, a lot of things have come from outer space. You know, what's really interesting about that is I'm learning a new healing technique called soul intelligence. And there are 29 charts, soon to be more, and a pendulum. It's all about clearing energy. And I bring this up because there is a chart that has star seeds on it. Her star seed chart is quite limited. So I said I would help her. Now, I am no expert on star seeds, but I can Google. So uh -huh. I Googled all this stuff about all the different places you can come because she had Polaris, Sirius, Mintak, and, and some of these places that even I've heard about, but there are so many more. So I said, well, let me do some research for you and we'll make this chart much bigger. I guess that's really necessary now. Are you familiar with that stuff too? I actually did during my awakening process early on when I still owned a house in Tacoma, I took a pendulum and charts. It was a clearing process. It was developed by Robert Detzler. It had soul level stuff in it. Let's just say I decided it wasn't for me. When I was spending six to eight hours a day in the charts clearing stuff, that's wow. not balance in all things. Yeah, it just, there was something about the matrix I wasn't comfortable with if this isn't balanced. And I mean, actually it was in his advanced class. That's how I found out I was a walk-in. Otherwise I wouldn't have known that. So. You're a walk-in. Yeah, well, well. What do you mean? Yeah. Oh, well, what, why, what's, what, if, why can't you be excited about that? Well, it was kind of a shock. I'm in my thirties thinking I'm having to deal with all this other stuff that woke me up. So my whole life is changed and I'm trying to integrate all of this into a new package. And then I'm in this class and we're asking questions going back down our, our timeline, I think is what we were doing. And we got to a point and all of a sudden my pendulum just stood still. And I said to Robert, I think I need a new one. This pendulum's broken. It's not moving. <laughs> it was dead still. So he came over and asked a couple questions and it was, his pendulum was spinning crazily. And he goes, ask if you're a walk-in. And the minute I asked, the pendulum started swinging. We were right at three years old on my oh, wow. timeline. Uh, yeah. So it could be that the original spirit in your body was yep, like, at three I'm years old. Here. Yeah. They didn't want to stay. Now, yeah. what was Robert's last name again? Detzler, D-E-T-Z-L-E-R. Yeah. That's quite a story. I guess almost any subject I touch, we're going to go into these interesting yeah, stories. Well, just ask the question. I got nothing to hide. That is so amazing. Do you know where you're from then? I'm not from this neighborhood. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I use the Pleiades as a gateway to get into this dimension. Oh, that's so, interesting. Uh, so I came from, if I'm looking at all of creation and Earth is down here in the lower left-hand corner, then I came from way up and to the right, came down, and then to come into the material universe, I came through the Pleiades and spent okay. some incarnations there acclimating myself. Well, that is yeah, way cool. So. Once I started down that path, then I was like, well, now I'm kind of curious. So anyway, that's why I helped this woman with that chart. And we're all hybrids now, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Because I have multiple, someone who does the star stuff told me I had multiple st strands coming in here, but 
well, we've been all over the place, but at yes, least we have. We did answer the question about what is a spiritually transformative experience. And apparently we've had many in different dimensions. So, yes. and I'm sure everyone listening has as well. So this has been so fabulous, Julia. We're going to have to have another conversation that's not recorded so we can get into all kinds of that's other things. That's totally fine. <laughs> this has been really fun. Yes. And thank you for sharing and being willing to hop, skip and jump all over multiple universes with me <laughs> as, we, as we discussed all of these things. So Julia, do you have something to share with the listeners so they can go and learn more about you and practice something? Sure. On my website, www.juliamarie.us, I do have a free grounding meditation. You don't have to sign up for a newsletter or anything. You can just go on there and click. It's a free download and it will help you learn how to ground your energy because that's something we all need to do, especially these days when we're all feeling frazzled. Just take a moment and it's 10 minutes. But once you learn the process, you can reground yourself very quickly using your intention. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It's been more than a pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. I enjoyed myself. Do you have a big decision that you're struggling with? Or do you have trouble making decisions? Or maybe you just want confirmation that you're headed in the right direction. I've created a special gift for you called How to Ask the Universe for a Sign. In this free half-hour audio program, you're going to learn exactly how to ask the question, how to set everything up so that you can get an answer within 24 hours, and finally know one way or another what you should be doing about a particular situation. This has worked so well for me. To listen, just go to intuitiveedge.biz slash sign. That's I-N-T-U-I-T-I-V-E-E-D-G-E dot B as in boy, I-Z slash S-I-G-N. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Bye.